and welcome back spooky people happy spooky season i'm gonna say it until it's not spooky season anymore and i might drag it out just because y'all know that's how i am anyway welcome to that spooky life i am your host miranda and i am happy that you have decided to join us this week where we have so many special episodes right in a row because it is october and my favorite month of the year my favorite time of the year And I actually, on Instagram not that long ago, started seeing it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it had pumpkins and ghosts and bats. So that's where my head and heart are at. But today, I have a very special treat for you guys, and I am very excited that we were all able to manage to get our schedules to sync so that this can happen, and I'm very excited. I would like to introduce you guys to my dear friends, Z and Kat. Welcome to the Spooky Cast! Hello, welcome. I am Kat. You may also refer to me as Abri. And I will be referring to her as Abri because that's how we were introduced. And she is kind enough to mention this so that when I end up calling her that through the entirety of this podcast, y'all know who I'm talking about. Indeed. Hello, I am Z. It is the Z. It is the Z. And the today, bat that hangs down from the ceiling. The Z that appears from ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> she is Ninja. So today, Z is going to be sharing a spooky story with us, and then I am going to be asking her some spooky questions that we're going to chat about, and then we will have witchy tip fun times together, and then next week, Abri and Z will be rejoining us, and we will be getting a spooky story from Abri, and then we will be asking her the spooky questions. Ha ha ha. So spooky. So spooky. And it's a two-parter. Ha. All right, so guys this is my buddy z and she has a super spooky treat for us today and her spooky story and i'm going to be quiet now all right so my spooky story is a bit intertwined it started when i moved i had had no issues before this i moved i was living with my sister there was nothing around there really that bothered me i had no issues with the dark or anything. I actually, in fact, prefer to sleep in total darkness. I don't like the lights on. Usually have some sort of sound running, but it's fine. Darkness has never bothered me. I'm a bat. I like to be in the dark. But when I moved, an odd thing happened. I moved into a friend's parents' house with them for a little while. It was a temporary situation for a few months. And the bedroom I was staying in had a doorway that closed like a closet door. But after a while, it wasn't working very well, so it was just left open. It's like the first month was kind of alright. I felt like there was something about that was kind of feeling like a presence around. So I took note of it. Well, once the door was just like permanently open to the bedroom, across from the bedroom doorway, there was the old front door to the house. It didn't really get used anymore in the time I was there for... Three quarters of a year, it was used one time to bring a piece of furniture into the house, but it wasn't regularly used. But I started seeing a sort of presence there. I started getting uncomfortable when I would go to sleep, and I would turn, and I would see this kind of like shadowy thing by the doorway. It appeared to me as this like grayish black, like floating Not standing on the ground, not like a person figure all the way, just like floating above toward the ceiling a bit. Enough to be where it was about the size of a person, but floating. I could tell that it was watching me. And when I was trying to go to sleep, 
I just had the feeling of something watching me. And I don't know if you've ever tried to sleep with something watching you, but that is uncomfortable. Especially if you don't know what the hell it is, and you don't know what it wants. I didn't know what it was, and I didn't know what it wanted. So I would watch it. And it started getting to a point where it was progressively more and more uncomfortable. I sometimes would turn and look at it. And I think if it had been just me in the bedroom, I would be slightly less uncomfortable. But I have two little kiddos, and, you know, I got that mama bear instinct to keep them safe and protect them. So I was sitting and watching, like, you know, I ain't gonna come in this bedroom. I'm gonna mess you up. Stay over there. I'll be over here. We're fine. We weren't really fine, because I didn't know what it was. It was messing with me. I will like when you mess with me when I'm trying to sleep. And so it started to be where, like, I couldn't sleep very well at night. I would end up staying up later and later, or I would go to lay down and be almost asleep and then be woken up because I just could feel it watching me. And some nights I would like sit and sit up in the bed and just like watch and see what it was doing. There was one night it tested and like it never would come past the barrier of the bedroom doorway, but there was one night it tested, flew at the bedroom doorway, and it was like this spooky sort of like almost like a face that I could see, like almost like one of those horror films. It didn't have the long face, like very defined, creepy thing, but it was, I could feel it was like coming at me with its face. But then it like stopped right outside the doorway. It was almost like it was testing to see if I would get super spooked. And I just sat there like watching it. And then it like floated there for a minute and like went back to the doorway, the front door of the house, backed off from the bedroom doorway. But it like never moved away from that area other than that one time. And it always stayed there looking in the bedroom doorway watching me. It wasn't as bad if I had a light on, just wasn't easy to see it. So I could sleep. I started like keeping a light on and that helped me sleep sometimes. But it got to where my sleep schedule was so switched into I couldn't sleep until daylight. Like I, I, I got to where it was messing with me so bad I couldn't sleep until daylight. And I eventually found out later on that there was another thing happening at the same time. But eventually I moved to an apartment. And I thought, okay, that's going to be resolved. It'll be fine. It'll stay here. We'll move. And so I moved into the apartment, got everything all, like, moved around, got into the bedroom. And the first couple nights, probably, I was so tired from moving stuff that I just, like, passed right out. And then I realized, there's something over there in the corner in my new apartment. And then I realized, hmm... It's the same thing, and it has followed me here. I don't know to this day still if it was there at that house when I got there, or if it showed up after I showed up. I know as energy workers and as witches, we are shinier, and we attract more things. So I'm not sure at what point it arrived in the house, but I do know that it decided to follow me to my new place. I was less uncomfortable when I got to the apartment. I had tried talking to it a few times at the house I was at, and I wasn't getting anywhere. It didn't seem to want to answer me. It didn't seem to want to communicate with me at all. And I figured, you know, at the point that I moved, it would be gone, and I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. So when I found out I was able to move, I was like, oh, okay, we'll just let it be, and it'll be fine. Well, I moved, and it came with me, and I cleared out the room several times. I put up some temporary wards around the room, tried to do my salt barriers and stuff, but it stayed in the room and it was not 
getting thrown out. And it did not want to go anywhere. It did not want to leave me alone. It just wanted to sit over there and watch me. And that's all it seemed to do. It didn't seem like it was really malevolent or it really had any bad intentions. Nothing really bad had happened since it was around. It just was watching me. I don't like to be watched like that, especially when I'm sleeping. I don't know. If you're watching me when I'm sleeping, like, what else are you trying to do when I'm sleeping? I don't like that. I don't want you in here in my bedroom in my safe space when I'm trying to sleep. Like, that ain't cool. And I told it that. I said, you want to talk to me or you want something? You know, like, go out in the living room. We'll have a chat. You know, whatever. Like, find some way to show me or tell me what you want. And it just didn't have any intention of listening or, like, communicating or anything. And eventually, I got to a point where I was like, all right, man, listen. I'm tired of your shit. You need to get out of here. I'm tired of you being here. And I need you to go away now because you're stressing me out. I got me and kids here and, like... Nothing bad's happened yet. Maybe you're not really here to do anything bad, but I don't appreciate you watching me when I sleep, and you're in my bedroom, and you won't leave the bedroom, and you have crossed the line, and you won't listen. I'm mad. So I tried, like, asking it to leave, tried telling it to leave, tried demanding it to leave. It just didn't listen. And so one night, I got real mad, and I stood up, and I energy blast supernova to the bedroom, and bunched up all the energy I could muster, and I just blasted the bedroom, and it was like, an exploding star supernova thing that just went and exploded into the whole bedroom and it was gone i haven't seen or heard from it since it's gone 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 and i thought oh okay it's gone i can finally sleep and the next couple nights i felt a little bit safer and i thought okay this is awesome there was still some sort of feeling of slight uncomfortability. There wasn't anything watching me from the corner anymore. There wasn't anything over there visually in the shadows. But I still felt like there was something behind me sometime. I still felt wrong. And I couldn't figure out why. Why was this happening? Why did I still feel uncomfortable? So I attributed it to, well, well I'm probably just, you know, readjusting to not feeling uncomfortable in the dark. I'm probably just like so used to it now after several months. I'm, you know, probably just feeling a bit weird. It stayed there watching me all of those months and then followed me over into the apartment where at the beginning of the July I finally blasted it out. But sometime in between that time something else had happened. And that explained why after I blasted this thing out of the bedroom I still felt a little bit off. There had been a lot of energy work going on and a lot of things that I was working on happening, so I kind of attributed the feeling off to just readjusting to things and, you know, moving about. But eventually, a couple more months went by, and it got to be, well, another month, I guess. It got to be early August, and I started having issues with feeling really extra spacey and having headaches, but these were like pressure headaches, like some sort of past life memory was trying to come through or some sort of vision type thing was trying to get through. I couldn't figure out, you know, I was like, okay, I need to obviously pay attention to these things and like try to dig through them and see what's trying to come through because something wants to get through. Eventually, one night, after a couple days of some odd things happening, I had gone into a meditation and 
uh, is doing some energy work with a, a group of a couple people and I ended up getting pulled into a memory and I got kind of lost and, and I, I couldn't bring myself back very well. I had to be pulled back out of it. And so we thought that the memories were just trying to get to me really hard. And it happened again later that night with a different memory. I, I like intentionally had someone lead me down a like regression, like a meditation visualization to try to go down and figure out what was happening. And it's still like I got lost again and I had to get pulled back out. The next day I felt real weird. And I had started noticing that over the last couple of weeks, I was having a hard time really like visualizing things. Normally I can visualize things pretty well. And I had a hard time with things like coming through and I just wasn't seeing things. I wasn't able to visualize my connections to people very well or like see what I was trying to in my mind's eye. And it was, everything was just a bit weird and I felt extra spacey. And after that Sunday night where I like got lost in those two memories, like the next day was Monday all day. I felt weird. And then where I got real spacey and I just like was lost and somebody tried to like reach out to me and they felt that I was like not there. Like I was in the dark somewhere but like out of reach and it seemed like an odd thing we weren't really sure what was going on i had a few people i was talking to about it and we get a couple people together on tuesday night and they would like hold on to me basically while i went into a memory to try to like get this over with what it needed to show me so bad that it was messing with my entire like existence for several days and like actually a couple weeks we like set up a little space and we're gonna talk to each other and we're gonna go all to this space energetically and we get there and all of a sudden I'm really spacey I can't focus I can't like figure out they had to pull me to this like astral space and there's another presence now this doesn't happen frequently and so I never ever imagined that this would happen to me because it's not a frequent thing people like wonder about it all the time or think oh could this could this be what's happening to me and a lot of people get freaked out about it and honestly I thought something like this I would be terrified if it ever happened to me but once I found out what was happening it was a little like hmm well that's that happened and it, okay but we found out that it was attached to me a rider of sorts if you will that had come and attached to me in a spot where I had an injury upon my head for many years prior, and it had taken the opportunity to burrow into that spot in my head and steal my energy. Luckily for me, I kind of build a lot of energy regularly, so it wasn't really doing a lot of harm to me until it got to the point where it had been there for several months, and it started trying to dig in deeper to my head and, like, take over. <laughs> And it was taking over, like, my visualizations and my ability to, like, control myself all the way during daily life. It was, like, causing me to be spacey and giving me headaches. And that was a lot of the pressure I was feeling was the pressure I was feeling was not a memory or a visualization or a vision trying to come through. It was this thing trying to get through and take control. You think about that. It's kind of creepy, like something coming in trying to take over your brain. It's like a parasite, like, trying to come in and take hold of the host body it turned into a thing where it kind of was like an exorcism that's a crazy thing to think about but somebody described it as that and I was like well you're not totally wrong 
but it basically had to be removed and it put up quite a fight and had to be told off. One person who was there helping had to basically show it who was bigger and like they had to, you know, give it a good push out and like yank it out of there. And it was like dug in, it started digging into my back trying to like stay like it did not want to go away from me. And it tried to poke around a bit the next day, come back, but eventually it, it left me alone and I learned to patch up the spot on my head and keep it covered and hasn't been back since. You know, it was an experience. And it was quite quite creepy, in fact, to, to think that while I was going about living normal life and three people at least had looked at my energy and seen that it looked like maybe there was something odd behind my back, they couldn't tell that it was a separate thing. They thought there was just a piece of me that didn't want to be shown to the world or something that didn't want to be seen. And it was in fact something that was very, very good at being sneaky. So good that some several experienced people looking at my energy couldn't see it until we were all together in a space and it was so advanced that it was taking so much of my energy that it was attempting to take over like my brain faculties and at the point when you start trying to take over my brain you need to get out of here if you were just maybe on my back or something and you were just taking a little energy and then you like left like sure okay maybe that's manageable you weren't really intending anything you were just taking some extra energy and go away but you digging in my head hanging out that's not cool taking over my stuff and i didn't like that when the first thing happened with the thing watching me from the bedroom they were separate things, but there was a time period where they crossed over and there was both of them happening at the same time. So when I got rid of the first thing and I still felt uncomfortable, I had attributed it to just readjusting to not being nervous in the dark anymore. But it was in fact that there was still something off happening and just nobody could figure out what it was. And then when that finally was removed, it was the first time... 10 months that I had felt safe sleeping at night and like comfortable being in the dark all the way. It was a really big weight lifted off to where I could like finally work in the dark and sit in the dark and be okay with spirits being about or any sort of things happening around being okay being there and not being freaked out that something creepy was watching me or something was on me. I had no idea that it ever could have been something on me dealing with causing me to have trouble getting up in the morning and being extra tired and that I was just squashed into the bed in the morning all of my body was hurting and like that on top of the thing watching me there could have been another thing happening at the same time but oh, in God, fact that's terrible ah! <laughs> i know <laughs> i can't with that oh yep. man. it's like oh i have solved all of my problems what do you mean there's another problem god damn it Yes, in fact. <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, honestly, I know I was there through, you know, the latter half of that. And I remember you finally got the thing out of the room and then you were just constantly tired. It was so strange because you're so I don't I don't know if you guys can tell. You're so energetic. You are so bouncy and always full of just vivacity. And therefore, 
a couple of weeks at least you were just eeyore and it was weird yeah i was like drained and waking up in the morning had become so hard it was trying to pull myself out of sludge every morning getting up and then getting these pressure headaches and just feeling off extra spacey like i'm spacey sometimes but it was like an extra spacey like i just was somewhere else and something was pulling me to something else and it was just real real weird (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely well i'm gonna add to the spooky while you're telling the story i leaned back and accidentally hit the outlet so that the light that i had on switched off and damn near scared 10 years off of my own life (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say that that is a great place to say that that is our spooky story for the week Have you ever wondered what more there might be to the day you were born? What information might be gleaned from observing the dance of the stars or the discipline of divination? Sure, not everyone believes in astrology or divination, and there are as many or more charlatans out there as legitimate, educated practitioners. But if you've ever been curious about a legitimate practitioner, Six Silver Seals is creating astrology forecasts, tarot and rune readings, and more on Patreon. Created and run by Adam, his about says it all. Six Silver Seals is his means of bringing the light of truth to as many people as he can. He offers numerous different styles of readings and divinations, including tarot, astrology, and the runes of the Elder Fothark, as his torch to help guide those who seek a little extra help finding their way. Personally, I met Adam on Discord, and I have been uh, on the receiving end of his readings, and I can personally attest to his knowledge and experience with the subtle reality and divination, and would recommend Six Silver Seals to anyone interested in shedding maybe that extra little light on their journey. Find Adam and Six Double S at www.patreon.com forward slash six silver seals spelled s-i-x-s-i-l-v-e-r-s-e-a-l-s and don't forget to tell him that you were sent from the spooky side adventures in time and space in 2013 It all began. Well, it got serialized in 2017. How they got to space, you'll just have to listen to find out. Bastards of the Universe is an entertainment and nostalgia podcast with a hint of space opera and a happy helping of good old-fashioned comedy cheese. Join the crew's many misadventures like malfunctioning teleporters and a number of soiled pants as they attempt to fulfill all of your nostalgia, review, and space-faring needs. Bastards of the Universe is available on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Casts. Pick your favorite platform and check it out. If you like what you hear, tell them you were sent from the spooky side. That should freak them out. Instead of having two spooky stories, because we're having a spooky season extravaganza, episodes are going to be a little bit longer, we're having some special guests, etc. 
we are going to just go ahead and spend the rest of this episode asking Z some things about her paranormal experiences in life and spooky things. And just uh, hang out and chat, have a good time. And then next week, we'll put Abri on the hot seat. <laughs> okay, continue. Best evil laugh. All right. So, Z, my darling love, question number one. What, to your recollections, was your first paranormal experience? Ooh, my first paranormal experience. Hmm. I think probably something when I was younger. There was one place we lived where there was a spot outside the window. I had these curtains there was like you could see trees outside the window and the curtains i had you could close them all the way they were like these see-through curtains that just kind of they hung on the sides of the windows and they weren't wide enough to close it was just like a draped thing basically and so i'm laying there as this kid (laughs) i wasn't that old and looking out into the backyard foresty area and seeing these of course it happens when all the leaves are off the trees and it's spooky time of the year because you know the veils that are and that's got to be when it is when all the shadows are bouncing around and there's this thing walking about just walking about and i'm like "Mm, yo that's not normal i like get up and get my sister and she like comes over to the window and she's like what i'm like you see the thing the thing what thing and i'm like it was right there i swear and of course you know i'm the little sister so whatever man go to sleep okay okay i'll go to sleep i could see the window from my bed so she goes and lays back down her bed and i like look back out the window because like i can't not look out the window it's like a train wreck you can't really look away yes and it comes back like walking back and forth and i'm like "Mm, no I don't like it. So I like get up and get my sister again. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. It's back, it's back, it's back, it's back. Come on, quick, 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 quick. She gets up and she's like, I swear, if there's nothing there again, I will be so mad. She comes over and looks. Gone again. Naturally. I'm like, why is, why is this happening? She's like, you get me up again and there's nothing. I'm gonna scream. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But it happens again right after she goes to lay back down. And this time I duck below the window and I like creep over quiet to her bed and I'm like, come quick but be quiet so it doesn't know you're coming and she's like oh my god i'm not doing this i'm like please come look please come look and she's like okay so i get her up and i'm like just be quiet just crawl across the floor with me and maybe it won't see you and she's like oh my gosh this is ridiculous okay so she crawls across the floor with me and i like peek up out of the window and she like looks up and there it is walking back and forth and I look at her, and she looks at me, and her eyes are huge. And she's like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, God. And then she's like, I'm nope. And I think we spent the rest of the night, like, up. We made one of those blanket forts with the lights, <laughs> the flashlights. Yep. And we, like, sat there by the window, and it, like, when it saw the light, it went away. But we were like... Okay. We ain't sleeping tonight. No, I would I you know what, honestly, I am I am an adult and after that I don't want to look out my window and I may not sleep tonight. No, Thank you for telling like that a... part because uh, I'm sitting out my window right now, so that's great. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, question number two. Since it's spooky season, and I think I know the answer, I just like to discuss things. Some people feel drawn more to one side of the year than the other, being the light side, spring and summer, and the dark side, fall and winter. Do you have one that you prefer? And if so, why? Me? Prefer one side of the year over the other? No. Never. Never. (laughs) In fact, yes. I do prefer the dark side of the year. Same thing. It calls to me, in a way, that the light side just simply does not. I'm okay with the light side of the year, spring and summer. It's fine. It's just not my jam. I like, like to hibernate through the allergies of spring and summer. Yeah, I I can agree with that. The sun, not my thing. Mm-mm. It's just not my thing. I, you know, I get the allergies from the sun and the spring seasonal summer allergies. They're not fun. And the sun is just terrible to me. We've never gotten along. I prefer the moon. I prefer the night. I prefer the dark side. I feel more at home and more me when the fall hits, when I get that first fall feeling. It just feels like that rush of the right time of the year is coming. You feel that fall breeze and it like hits me and it like spikes my energy in the most like natural feeling way that I'm like, ah, yes, this, this is where I belong. Also hashtag hoodies. Yes, hoodies. Uh, for me, it's the leather jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that sweet leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Question number three. Of your subtle psychic or witchy abilities, is there a specific thing that you would like to learn to hone or just do better? Well, I know I have, like, a decent variety of, like, psychic abilities, just of varying degrees. The one that has become increasingly the most frustrating for me is the visual stuff because some sometimes it will come through so clearly where I get like clear pictures, like future visions, some of which have come true recently and some that haven't approached when I've seen them be about yet, so still waiting on them to come to fruition. Sometimes I will, like, see very clearly, like, a visualization in a meditation or something. But other times, it will not be so clear, and it will be just feels, or, like, a feeling in my body, or an emotional feel, or hearing, like, very clearly hearing conversation or thing that's happening. It's frustrating to have it work some of the time. It's like that janky, like, flashlight that you have to hit on your hand a bunch of times yeah. to get the light to come on. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> That's what my visualizations feel like right now. And I really want to get them to where they are consistent. So question number four. What are your go-to steps for discerning paranormal from mundane when you run into stuff like that? Because you've said you have you have senses. You, you knew there was a thing watching you. You were the one who saw the thing outside the window with your sister. You've had these experiences what seems like most of your life. So, like, when you're getting a weird feeling, how do you top-down sort of process? Is this paranormal? Is there something mundane happening? You know, how do you, how do you check yourself kind of thing? Well, I will walk around the space 
if I'm like inside or if I'm outside, I will like scan around in like a 360 and see if there's, if it's something shadowy or anything, if there's any sort of like weird light sources, if there's anything that could be like causing this sort of weird thing. If, if I'm like in a room and there's shadows in the corner and I think maybe something's like there, I will turn a light off or turn a light on or even like turn the flashlight on my phone and like check it out and see if it's like just a shadow and like turn it off again and I'll check maybe a couple times if I feel like or I'll put a light that's there at a different angle and see if the shadow moves. And um, I will check like sound wise, I will go around if I hear a weird sound, I'll go around and like see, okay, is there anything like mechanical or electrical that could be causing this? Is there anything from outside that could be happening or a different, you know, apartment if you're in an apartment building, sometimes it's, you know, the next apartment over or below you or above you. And I will go around and check that if it's a feeling that I'm getting where something in my body, sometimes it's, you know, a feeling that something's happening to someone else and I will check and make sure that there's no possible way this could be coming from me. And um, sometimes it's like, I've, I've learned to discern the feeling of there's something nearby or there's something coming from someone else that I am connected to or emotionally tied to or energetically tied to in my life. And sometimes it's hard to figure out who it is, but certain people that I'm very connected to, like I can always tell when it's something going on with one of these couple people. But I have like this scan that I do. If I'm not sure if I'm in a spot where I'm like, this could be this or it could be this or, well, I'm not really sure. I don't think this is mundane, but like, let's give it a shot. And I started doing this scan in meditations. I learned to do it. Um, it was like a med uh, guided meditation that I listened to one time where it was like scan your body from the top down and like just feel your body and feel like what it feels like in your head and then your neck and your shoulders and your arms and like all the way down to your feet. And the way that I visualize it is different, I guess, than a lot of people visualize it because when I've told people how I visualize it they're like oh that's really interesting and like I've compared with people and everybody seems to visualize it differently when you say to like scan your body but I kind of picture it like almost like an MRI scanning thing yes. where I picture like this ring of light kind of around me and like this sound kind of going with it where I'll start at the top of my head and I'll like scan this ring around and I will like just feel and like, okay, this is this is a physical thing, or this is not from me. This is coming from outside of me. Something's off here. All right. Question number five, and there are only six questions. What was your scariest paranormal experience? Mm, my scariest one. Well, I mean, I told that story earlier that that may have been my scariest one between like that thing following me over, like being watching me for that long and then following me over and then um, turning into, oh, I also have this like attachment thing on me. I do have another experience that happened that was quite spooky and serious. <laughs> this happened this year, actually. Um, I... Went up north with my sister and uh, her two kids and my two kids. And we all piled in her van and we rode up north for my great-grandfather's memorial service. He had died back in February and because of all of the 
way the year is this year with the social distancing and all the things happening, we ended up pushing the memorial back to June. And we went up there in June and we rented a cabin. My grandparents rented a cabin for us to stay in for the night before the memorial service. And so the service was on Sunday. We went up, we left early Saturday and we went up to the cabin and we got all settled in and um, we went, maybe it was Friday, we stayed there Friday night and then Saturday was the service and then we were supposed to leave on Sunday. So Saturday, we or Friday we got up there, we got everything ready, we hung out and everything was good. We had like a little bit of time to relax and check out the space around there. The kids went swimming for a little bit. And then we went to bed. And then Saturday we got up, we went to the memorial service and we went over to the cemetery and they had already buried the ashes and everything. So we kind of just went over there to check out the space. And we were there with the family for a little bit and they cleaned my, uh, my mom cleaned off my great grandparents' headstones and my great aunt's headstone was there. And I decided like, okay, nobody's going to clean her headstone. It's right next to it. That's, that's rude. Like she's one of our ancestors too. Maybe you guys weren't that close, but like, come on guys, you're being rude. So I was like, give me that stuff. And it really upset me. Like I got really emotional about it. Like, okay, this is wrong. You guys aren't going to like clean her spot too. And like do her a service. So I, I got this like emotional, like teary anger and I was like give me the scrub brush and the water and stuff and I am gonna clean this off because she deserves to be cleaned too and this is rude and I like went and cleaned it off and like after I was cleaning that off I looked up and I saw like a figure in the trees where like nobody happened to be looking that way right then and I saw a figure like slight slightly back in the trees like smiling at me and the only thing I could think was like, oh, this is this is her. She's here and she's happy that I'm taking care of this. And my sister and I decided that we were going to go back and visit at night because it's hard for us to be in the sun. And it's a small cemetery up there. We weren't going to go there and do anything like creepy or like mess around or anything. We just wanted to go there and visit, you know. So we stayed at the cabin Saturday night. We had a fire and everything. And then Sunday night we left a little before midnight, we went over there, so we were there around midnight. We went there, and we went, and we paid our respects to them at their headstones. And I saw this figure. I turned around, like, after, when I was about to walk over, after my sister was done, I saw this figure, like, this guardian-looking figure in the cemetery, like, over by a different set of plots, standing there just watching, like, he was watching out for us, guarding the cemetery right then. And when I went over to their headstones for my turn, I got down and, like, was talking to them and, like, just telling them things I felt I needed to tell them. And I looked up and I saw, like, the, the line of the three of them in, in the forest, like, a little bit back from the headstones. And it was just a feeling of, like, they were all there together and it was really nice feeling. And I got up and I stood and I, like, took in the moment and then we went back to the cabin. And we put the kids to bed. My sister and I sat out, like, by the fire, remembering times from our great-grandparents. And I sat remembering sometimes my great-aunt, because I was really the only one in the family that knew her super well. My sister knew her a little bit when she was younger. We talked about that a little bit. This odd thing happened. Like, we went inside, and we were like, ah, oh, we should probably go to bed. 
in a little while. And all right. So my sister goes inside and she's like, oh, it's really cold in here. And she turns the oven on. She was trying to warm up the house. And I think it's because she, she like had had a time where her furnace wasn't working and that was how she had to warm like her kitchen area. And so she just used that as like, okay, this is fine. It'll be fine. It's just like a small cabin. We'll warm it up for a little bit instead of having to turn the heat on and like have the whole thing get too hot. And, um, so she, we went back outside and I'd gone to the bathroom and like, we were in there for a minute and we went outside after the heat was on. And then uh, after the oven got turned on and then we sat out by the fire for a little bit longer and I saw this, I saw this thing. I would say probably now it was a wisp and it was this orb that was floating, this orb of light. I did all the checks. See, I looked around. There was no other like light sources that could have been causing this. There was nothing like I leaned side to side and it was like strongly there just hanging out. And it was there and like kind of moved around a bit and then it like floated away. But my sister was talking and so I didn't want to interrupt her while it was there. And then by the time she got done talking, she was like kind of feeling spacey about stuff, just like lost in a memory. So I couldn't like be like, hey, look at the thing. And then it kind of floated away. And like after it was there, it kind of like caught my attention. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling kind of hungry. I'm going to go grab something from inside. And I like put some food together. And I had I was making food on the fire is what it was. And I like took it inside and put it together. And I decided I was going to like stand inside and eat because it was a little bit warmer in there. And I was just already there and hungry. And I was like, I'm going to stand in front of the oven here and eat while it's warm. So I was in there probably like five, somewhere between five and ten minutes, just standing in the middle of the kitchen eating. And then I went back outside. We were talking like, oh yeah, we should probably go inside soon. Like, oh, it's it's after four now. We should probably head inside soon. So we sat there for a couple more minutes and warm up by the fire and let it kind of die down a little bit more and then we'll get up. And within a couple of minutes, I had been back outside for less than five minutes. We were sitting in silence and all of a sudden, the cabin exploded and I and my sister's back was facing towards it but she heard it I was looking in that kind of general direction and I saw it like head-on enough that if you've seen a movie that there's like a warehouse explodes or something crazy like that happens and you see the fire burst out the windows and the door that was exactly what it was that the fire bursted out of the door blew the door open and stuff flew out the door like at my sister's back but everything stopped right before her back nothing hit her she wasn't injured in any sort of way nothing hit me stuff like kitchen utensils and things flew out the door and the fire exploded out both the doors of the house blew open and we sat there for a second like what just happened and then we looked at each other and we stood up and we ran inside because even though the cabin just blew up our children were in there and we were terrified and when i have to remind myself that it's a podcast and they can't see my mouth (laughs) hanging open yeah (laughs) so we ran inside like dry mouth terrified not knowing what's happening and if everything's okay and we barreled inside and there was two bedrooms and the one that my kids were in something had hit the bedroom door but it was like there was a barrier there and the door had not opened and 
the door, the bedroom her kids were in, the door was open, but nothing passed that threshold either. And this was the moment where we grabbed the kids, we got them out, and we put them in the car as quick as we could. She checked and she was like, okay, everybody's good. She helped me get my kids out because they were like littler and couldn't like manage to get out themselves as her kids were like a little bit older and they could if, you know, something more happened. But we got my kids in the car, we got her kids in the car and the dogs in the car and we were like, okay, what happened? I went back in and I grabbed a couple more things and we were like, what do, what do we do? And we called the fire department and they came in and checked and they were like, okay, everything seems fine. I think you can get your stuff. You probably can come back in here and sleep if you want to, but like, who wants to go and sleep in a house after it just blew up? I don't think so. Literally I ain't no going to sleep in that house. Like, no one wants to do that. So we went back in and we looked around. A couple very strange things had happened. The kitchen blew up, okay? It blew up. The oven door blew open. They, They said this shouldn't have happened, even though, like, the stuff that was around, like, it's something must have been malfunctioning with the oven. There was a counter, like, a little ways away from the oven on top of the counter. My sister had set a can of butane for her lighter. And there was actually two cans in this paper bag because, like, when she bought the butane on the way up, there was a sale. And, like, she got two cans and she just brought them both inside and set them on the counter in front of the microwave. What happened is somehow the heat from the oven blew up the butane can. But just one can. The other one mysteriously disappeared gone couldn't find it we cleaned the whole place could not find it at all it wasn't in the van it wasn't anywhere around the house it just disappeared and the one that blew up exploded the microwave and shot across the kitchen into the bedroom door where my kids were but something stopped it from blasting the door open and this was when i realized like i am so glad that I put shields on the bedrooms before, like, when the kids went to sleep, because that is a regular thing that I do just to make sure of, like, it eases my own mind to help me feel like everybody's safe, like, okay, put my intention into my shield of protection from physical and energetic harm or anything coming to poke around, and the one that I had put on, I I put them, I put one on each bedroom the first night that we showed up, and it was strong enough to like last the weekend and I doubled up the one on the bed area where like the bedroom area where my kids were but like particularly right around the bed because it's just something I do every night because it makes me feel safer and um so the extra protection on my bedroom there with them in it was that that door didn't even get blasted open even though it should have because all of the doors got blasted open in the house but that door stayed shut because of the shielding that was there and the other door was open but nothing passed the threshold there where I brought the shield in the other bedroom too and upon like I I, up to this point I had questioned sometimes like how effective my shielding was And after this point, it kind of, it was a terrifying experience, but it gave me a sort of validation and reassurance that I was in fact doing something and this is in fact effective. And I had a couple people say like, yes, that is, that is a sign to me that 
the magic you're doing is working there. And there was one other sort of thing that happened that was odd in that the kitchen table in the middle of the kitchen and another spot on the counter, there was these two bubbles. The one on the counter was small, like something small had like blocked it or like a smaller person had blocked this area on the counter. But like if someone were to stand in front of something with their arms crossed right there, it was like this smallish person was this area in the counter where there was just nothing was touched right there. And like everything around it, like the whole kitchen had been engulfed in flames. Like it blew up the whole kitchen. Fire flew out the doors. It was the whole kitchen. Like there wasn't any part of the kitchen that wasn't touched. There was stuff that was hanging on the walls that fell down, pots and pans and stuff and utensils all over the kitchen. Things just like paper bags that had been like caught fire and like fallen down and like wall hangings that had fallen down around like the edges of the table but this one spot on the counter it was like there was an energetic bubble around it like someone had stood there and protected it and then at the table there was a couple important things to us it was like someone stood in front of the table and put their arms out and that area was just completely untouched like completely untouched this center part of the table Stuff had fallen at the very back edge of the table, and at the edges, like the sides of the table, there was stuff that had fallen down and broken from the wall, but the whole center area of the table and underneath it, completely untouched. Wow, that is awesome and terrifying. That is both a spooky and super heartwarming story. Question number six, final question, and thank you for sticking with this long. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with the spooky people? Like, you know, how to ward, how to protect, you know, what you do with it, so on and so forth. Just anything you want to share with the spooky listeners? I think salt across the door is always a good idea, to be fair. <laughs> but but I think, um, yeah, a lot of people start worrying about how to protect their space or, like, I don't, like, a lot of people starting out will be like, oh, I don't know how to make a ward, or I don't know how to make a shield, or I don't know how to do this, but I think it really, like, boils down to tapping into what feels right to you, like, what you feel really connected with. If, if you feel really drawn to, like, try something energetically, or if you feel like, oh, this lavender really makes me feel safe, like, if it makes you feel safe, it's gonna work. If it's, if it's, you know, sage that makes you feel safe or if it's something else that you like you attribute that to oh this is something that i connect with clearing out the space then i think that's the best thing to use even if it's not like the typical thing if lemon feels really like cleansing and clearing to you then use lemon whatever you feel like works for you and really speaks to you that's really what it is because that's what's going to strengthen your intention with what you're doing if you're trying to protect things and you know some particular herb or some particular thing feels protective to you then use that like if salt feels protective and you like I always use salt because I grew up like learning that salt was protective but I also like incorporate other things I will draw like little symbols in over doorways with oil or something you know that it doesn't have to be like drawn on with paint or you know it can just be spring water if you are at a, a like salt water mixed with spring water that you know you draw with but 
anything, you know, really just what speaks to you, I think is I've come to learn is the really the strongest thing, even if it's not what somebody else will tell you, like, no, no, you have to use this and these specific things and do it the specific way. No, you don't. Do, you do what feels right, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to bind up somebody from talking shit, make them a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> Thank you for submitting to our spooky questionnaire. And that will take us right into our witchy tip for the day, which I'm going to let Z take over and talk about doing things like, you know, putting salt in your doorway. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, a regular thing that I always share with everybody, and it's quite possible you've mentioned this before, but a lot of people I notice it's, it kind of goes along with sort of what I just said um, with like doing what works for you, but... A lot of people, especially like starting out or, you know, they get, they'll get kind of like stressed out. And I did this for a long time where I felt like I wasn't doing my part for my spirituality of like, if I didn't do some huge thing every full moon or some like big, some particular ritual every new moon or something. But I learned after a while that what really worked for me was intuitive magic. And sometimes what you really need and like we learn in the society that we're in is that like we have to do work 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 and we don't put enough time into that rest period but sometimes what you need when working magic even is to take the rest period like you feel real inspired i'm gonna do this huge full moon ritual and i'm gonna get all my crystals and candles or whatever you use or i'm just gonna sit here and like do a lot of energy work and put like a real big lot of intention into like getting this stuff done this month but sometimes you get to the full moon and you're like oh what's today i just really feel like i need to do this tonight then that is what you do don't like force yourself and feel bad about it and like sometimes you need that time like you just listen to what feels right and like if you get that last minute inspiration to do something like sometimes you need that rest during the day or the couple days before if you're just sitting there like oh my gosh what am I gonna do during the full moon or the new moon or this holiday coming up I don't have any idea it's just coming so quick and I don't know what to do this happens to me with rituals too where like I will have a part or like be leading a ritual and it hits me at midnight the night before the ritual like when when the particular ritual is happening it's like i get the inspiration when it hits and i just go with it like everybody will be like oh you you have it ready and it makes other people nervous sometimes and i feel that but i have to go with the inspiration like that's and it's 11 11 huzzah hey (laughs) synchronicity. (laughs) synchronicity though like that's that's what i work with the the intuitive stuff is really the biggest thing for me it took a long time and sometimes it's very hard to be able to really listen to that intuition inside of you and listen to yourself. But if you can figure out how to get to that place, it is the most powerful thing to just be able to be like, right now, this is what I need to do. It may not be what I was expecting to do today or what I really felt like I should have done on this full moon or this day here that is important to me. But like, this is what I'm feeling intuitively I need to do. And every time I listen to that, I always get the best results. Even if it's like, oh, I need to sit down and relax and watch this movie. Like something ends up happening shortly after that, that 
came about because I took that time to relax or I took that time to do this particular thing in this way. So I always believe that listening to what feels right, just like getting in touch with your feels, just what you need to do instead of trying to do it by the book or how someone else says you need to do it. So so the summation would be listen to your gut, even if your gut tells you that it's okay to take a rest. Oh, yes. And always take the rest if it says to, because that's important, more important than we are taught it is. You have anything you want to add to that one, Abri? I mean, I'm always like of the mindset that you, if you follow your instinct and your intuition, generally you're, you're understanding more input than you realize you are. It's like when you have a gut feeling about somebody and you just don't know why you had it, but really you're picking up like micro motions and like facial expressions and tone of voice. Like if your if your intuition tells you to like take a left when you need to take a right, Mm -hmm. I'm a hundred percent take the left. Hell yeah. Because something is cued you off, whether it be metaphysical or physical or subconscious something has cued you off to that and i am all about trusting an instinct especially when it doesn't quite line up mm-hmm. like when when it when it sticks out just enough that you're like that's odd pay attention to it excellent well ladies thank you very much for sharing your wisdom that is our wishy tip for the week and we are going to wrap this up for the moment but z and abry will be back with me next week and we will be getting a spooky story from Abri and asking her some spooky questions and getting her insight. Uh, extra spooky. Extra spooky. Spooky, <laughs> uh, spooky indeed. It is the 16th. On the 23rd, we will have Abri. And then you guys, as I have mentioned before, we have a super special treat this year because our final episode for October actually posts the day before Halloween. When I tell you guys that I have busted my booty to bring you a Halloween extravaganza, it's going to be an extra long episode. I have an interview lined up that is going to be super exciting. And I'm going to have the tale of ghost hunting at the Canton Mills apartment complex. And guys, I'm already going through like the audio and stuff like that. We have some really, really amazing personal experiences and things like that that I'm going to share. So stay tuned. After October, we are going to go back to our normal format, obviously, and having guests on occasionally. I just wanted to make sort of the year anniversary in October something special for you guys. So if you have a listener story that you would like to submit, please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at thatspookylifepodcast, and we've got a Facebook by popular demand. So you guys feel free to get with me on some spooky stories or even if there's something that you would like to see, somebody you would like to see me interview, things like that. Let me know. I would be totally interested to know what you guys want to see and uh, share in the spooky season fun times. Let me know what you're thinking and stay tuned for more fun spooky season stuff coming up. So I think that I have some ladies that will agree with me both this week and hopefully next, when I tell you guys that it is living your best life to not forget to keep living that spooky life. Bye. Bye. Bye.